My spooky house is a haunted place in Sydney's inner west, but there are other houses and other places where spirits have roamed for centuries, thousands of years. I'll be covering some of these spooky sites in the ongoing My Spooky House podcast. this week on Junee, a mid-sized town located in the Riverina area of New South Wales, where a haunted site sits atop volcanic rock. The site is Monte Cristo Homestead, said to be one of the most haunted buildings in Australia. I was just going to do the entire podcast on that Monte Cristo Homestead, the imposing Victorian villa perched on the hill overlooking Junie. However, the town itself also holds great interest, in particular the Junie Hotel, a sprawling pub and hotel sited next to the Junie railway station in the old heart of town. The hotel is exceptionally well constructed. Like the rest of the town centre, no expense has been spared on its construction in the late 19th century which was triggered when the main south line expanded, connecting Sydney with Melbourne. It was the first hotel in Junee and was originally called the Railway Hotel. It was a first-class stopover for passengers on their way to the local goldfields or to Melbourne or Sydney. The grand interior, complete with ornate mouldings, intricately carved doors and a sweeping wooden staircase is still very much in evidence. It's still a hotel, but not as grand as it once was. At one point, fire has swept through the place, melting the varnish on the doors and leaving them rough and caramelised. While we only stopped there for about an hour or so to have a beer prior to our, our trip to the Monte Cristo homestead, it was more than enough time for us to decide we wanted to return to the Junie Hotel to conduct further investigations. Upon entering the bar, I picked up on the spirit of an angry-sounding man who roughly informed me in my ear that ladies were not permitted in this bar. It took me back somewhat, but I sat and ordered a drink. He only came over to talk to us and ended up giving us a tour of the premises. The Junie Hotel is a lot bigger than the bar at the front suggests. Passageways open into vast rooms. They snake back, labyrinth-like, until the former hotel entrance reveals itself. A grand panelled hallway, stone floor, with sweeping staircase above heading up into the rooms above. When we visited, the hotel was being renovated, but we could still walk around, and that's when I picked up on the caramelised doors, and on at least two entities. There was a foreboding presence in the communal bathroom, which to me seemed a darker place than it should have been, even in the twilight. 
There was also a female in distress in the corridor. It was an unnerving place, and I quickly sprinted after my husband and the owner as they rounded the corner. The Genie Hotel has far more to give us in terms of ghosts, and we will be back. Christopher Crawley connects Junie together. He was the grazier on whose lands the town was founded. He amassed great wealth from the arrival of the railway and decided to invest some of it into the Monte Cristo homestead. That imposing villa sits across the top of the rock. Interestingly, the rock, as well as being volcanic, also contains some quartz. And I just wonder if that may be partly to blame for the inordinate amount of paranormal activity that goes on in this place. It may also be the fact that it was also an Aboriginal site. The Crawleys at Monte Cristo Estate lived the high life, throwing parties and grand balls at their grand house. They also had seven children, all musically talented. However, when Mr Crawley died in 1910, his widow became a hermit rarely venturing from the house for the remaining 23 years of her life. And it is her spirit that I felt most keenly on this visit. A strong and austere presence felt at the upper left front of the house, her drawing room. I made the mistake of sitting in the chair in the corner she favoured. Big mistake. I instantly felt a rush of ice-cold air towards me and a rage of emotion that did not leave us for the next few days of our trip even though by that time we had travelled many miles south. A rule had clearly been broken, and Mrs Crawley made the next three days particularly special. Personal items went missing, only to turn up in strange places, inside pockets of bags and coats never used, and my husband picked up more than once on a scowling presence at the bottom of our bed. Apologies, Mrs Crawley. The reclusive owner was not the only spiritual resident of the homestead. A number of maids still haunt the house, with tales of secret affairs, illegitimate children and accidental deaths a common thread. One maid, the story said, had toppled from the front balcony to her death on the front steps below, aided, the story said, by the hand of the lady of the house herself. While I didn't pick up on this maid, I did pick up on the spirit of an older lady-in-waiting or housekeeper. She appeared in front of me when we were waiting to start the tour in the kitchen at the back of the house. She was checking me out. I felt her with me all the way around, accompanied by the feeling that I should be on my best behaviour, shoulders back, eyes down. Every time I stood still, I felt I was being checked out by this maid for suitability. The tour guide said it was probably because I was English. Apparently, new maids would have come from the old country, which is why this spirit clearly felt the affinity. Affinity or not, it was still unnerving, and I was glad that we didn't stay the night, or those others on the tour party did. Even though we didn't stay, we went back the next day to hear the stories of others and the rattles and the bangs they heard that night. We left that morning and the ghost of Mrs Crawley meant we hung on to the memories of Monte Cristo a little more than we would have really liked to.